Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your buddy Chewy. This is the 411 from 406, and I am joined once again by my brother from another mother, Mr. Pip. How are you, sir? Doing great. Good evening to you and yours and everyone who's listening tonight, all three of you, <laughs> as we like to joke. So it, so it has been, um, let's see, the, the last time we got together and recorded, uh, let's see here, I'll have to pull it up. It was what? It was episode... 37 or 8. 37 or 38, that sounds about right. Uh, mm -hmm. 38, it was the favorite movies without sequels. Um, I got, a, I got a, a real kick out of that one. We got a ton of really good feedback from that one as well. Um, I, think, I think we've got another good show for you this evening. It was one that, um, that for me was, was not easy, which candidly are the ones that I kind of enjoy doing, right? It's like, it, 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 these are those lists that I just can't kind of rattle off the top of my head, which, which I'm a big fan of. So tonight we're doing um, our favorite action movies. Yep. Um, and, and that, that um, but let's see, before we get into that, um, first of all, how are you? Are things good? Things are good. <laughs> Things are really good. It's uh, it's you know, it's a crazy month around uh, around work and uh, around the house. But I mean, we're getting by. Everybody's uh, everyone's good here. How about you? Good, good. We are, um, yeah. We we are kind of back into the, I won't say pre-COVID, but um, in terms of being busy, we're we're almost back, right? I mean, my, my boys play basketball and baseball, and you know, so, so we've got. Uh, one travel basketball and two travel baseballs going on right now. And so it's, it seems like I'm always running, you know, running to and from a practice or this, that, and the other thing. So. But um, I think that, I think the big news that we, that we need to announce the earth shattering news that we need to announce is that we are finally going to get a chance to actually see each other face to face uh, in the upcoming month. It sounds like it's, it's yes. allegedly being planned right now where you and I will uh, actually be able to spend some, some, long overdue FaceTime with each other and uh, get together for our traditional WrestleMania weekend. And who knows what's going to happen. Maybe a few beers are, are uh, imbibed, maybe a few uh, wings that will make my stomach uh, regret life and uh, maybe even do a one-on-one -on -one live version of, uh, of our uh, 411 on 406 podcast. I mean, who knows what happens? Uh, you, you I, never can tell. One thing that we we have never done very good at is um, planning. <laughs> so, so so you never can tell. But uh, but it would not shock me if if we are able to record a podcast or two uh, while you're here. I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, cool, be great. We got we got two nights again of WrestleMania, April 10th and 11th, Saturday and Sunday. Um, which which you know last year was a really just a bizarre experience. That was kind of right at the beginning of COVID. What we were just about a month into COVID at that point. Um, WrestleMania, if you recall, if you're a wrestling fan, uh, the WWE really tried to hold off to the last minute of having that event live. It was going to be at Raymond James Stadium, and eventually they just they kind of uh, the virus got to the point where they they just couldn't do it, right? And so they had it in inside. Where was it? It was at the Performance Center or the WWE headquarters or i think it was at the performance center yeah. it was supposed to be at raymond james stadium yeah. and uh i think they ended up moving it to orlando right isn't that where their performance center that, is? yeah i think that's right um so but this year they are uh they're planning they're going back to raymond james they are going to have fans i believe um 
so we'll see. Uh, you know, virus news nationwide, I think, is trending in the right direction. Um, I know Ohio, at least, is we are lower than we are lower in new cases than we've been, I think, since September of last year. Um, ironically enough, as we sit here and record this to tonight on the 11th of March, tomorrow is my one year anniversary of sitting at home. March the 12th, 2020 was my last day in the office. So um, happy birthday. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, but, um, all right. Um, well, Hey, before, before yeah. we get into this, I'd like to actually kind of do maybe sort of a, um, a, what's the right word? Like a callback. I'd like to talk maybe at, since we've had a chance to digest the previous podcast, you know, I'd like to see if there's sort of any lingering thoughts or, you know, I, I myself, uh, I'm a big fan of, of downloading our podcast and listening to it because, uh, I, I just love all the content that we cover. So, you know, I, I, I did that and I listened to it on my walks when I go out for lunch and, you know, I, I had a few thoughts, you know, like a few sort of afterthoughts as, uh, as I was listening through it. And one of them, and I'm curious to know if you have any, but one of the ones that came across my mind is I was kind of surprised that on your last list. So our last list was the, uh, the movies that our favorite movies that never got sequels, you know, because I listed a lot of sort of, um, obscure eighties sci-fi movies, mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that were near and dear to my heart. And the one movie that you have not mentioned yet on this podcast that I thought would come up and I don't think will come up tonight is that Megaforce movie that I still know absolutely nothing about other than I, I watched you meet, um, oh God, what's his name? I forget already. Barry Bostwick. Barry Bostwick from, uh, from uh, the, is it the, oh Jesus, I'm forgetting everything. The, the Michael J. Fox uh, news radio, is that what it was called? Or, yeah, he was uh, on news radio. He's, he's probably best known for his role in, um, uh, is it no not little shop of horrors what's what's the one where everybody gets together in the movie theater and like sings the songs and maybe it is little shop uh no it's uh rocky horror picture Show. rocky horror yeah he there was in go. rocky i've never even seen it so that's why i'm ignorant yeah. to it but that's probably where he's he's most well known uh but yeah he, he was also on was he on spin city yeah that, there you go okay was that was spin it city. i think that was the one i was trying to think yeah. of. that's the michael um, j fox one um, yeah. But I'm surprised that never end that hasn't been uttered yet in this show because maybe you're saving it for the best movies you've never heard of podcast, which is, <laughs> you know, and you know one of the ones we should add to our list. But I thought for sure I would hear that one. Yeah, you know what, Megaforce is one of those movies. Um, it, 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 I recognize that it's it's a terrible movie, right? It's just not a good movie, and that's and that's probably why I don't add it to these lists. I could probably add it to just about every list that we cover. I could add it to the favorite movies without sequels list. I could probably add it to my favorite action movies. I could, you know, there's there's a bunch of these lists that I could probably add it to. Um, it is if you've never seen it, and I'm sure most people have not. It is. Uh, it is the the budget version of Delta Force, which is a budget version of you know other things, right? Of like I mean, Rambo or something, right? Yeah, I mean it is it is the the D, E, and F list celebrities. Um, you know, Barry Boswick probably is the only one that anybody has ever really heard of in that movie. But it, but it happened to be one of the first movies that I saw in the theater when I was probably, I don't know, I probably have to do the math, you know, eight, nine, 10 years old, something wow. like that. Um, yeah. And it was just a cool, you know, there's there was flying motorcycles and motorcycles that had rockets on them and they, they had camouflage and they changed colors. You know, it was just a, 
this was, you know, real life GI Joe for a 10 year old. Right. Um, and so it's, I, I, I imagine, you know what, I imagine it's probably a little bit like you with last starfighter, right? Exactly. It's, it's, it's got, it, you, you really love it and it's a nostalgia piece, but it may, you kind of recognize it's maybe not the best, doesn't hold up all that well. And right. it's, you know, maybe not the best film. So. It's more because of the ties to my childhood yeah. Yeah. versus like the fact that it's actual, like riveting cinema or anything yes. like that. Yes. Um, yeah, no, that's, it's funny. I'm, I belong to a, um, I will tell you though, I'm not the only person that has this affinity for this movie. There actually are more than one Facebook groups, Megaforce like lovers. In fact, there's actually a guy who is older than us, who his like life's hobby is building actual like life-size Megaforce. Like he's rebuilt the movie props that like, so he's got the motorcycles, the Jeeps, the, it's actually, I mean, it's actually pretty cool. I can't imagine actually doing it, but, um, but it's kind of cool. So <laughs> that is cool. Yeah. All um, right, well, let's, let's get started on this thing, man. Absolutely. So, so again, t- tonight is uh, favorite action movies. Um, and, and, and we recognize that that's a very kind of broad uh, swath of movies. Right. So really the only, um, the only restrictions we put on it is we're not going to, we're no Star Wars movies. Um, I, I think it's fair to say that we are both Star Wars nerds, but we don't necessarily consider those action movies. Um, I think you'll probably get a, a real, a much better understanding of what we consider action as we, as we go through this. Um, and we're not going to, we're not going to have any Marvel movies. So nothing from the MCU. Um, I guess in my opinion, there's really only a couple of those movies from either of those uh, franchises that I would consider action. I would probably put Rogue One as an action movie um, as you know, that, that in my opinion is really the only war movie in the Star Wars universe. Um, and I would probably put, you know, Infinity War and Endgame as action movies. The problem with those is those are incredible movies and we can have an entire podcast about the MCU. Um, but those movies aren't great unless you've put in the effort to watch 23 movies. Um, yeah. You would really be lost, especially if you went into Endgame. You'd have no fucking idea. You could probably watch Infinity War and kind of make your way through it. But you, you would not appreciate that movie at all. I don't, I don't think. Um, so that's why I would kind of disqualify those. Yeah, the, the thing that makes the, I mean, you're right, we should do a whole other podcast, but the things that make those movies great are the fact that they are the culmination of a 21 or 22 more movie arc that that finishes with, you know, um, with in a way that's incredibly appropriate and honorable to the entire series. So, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. That's, um, and I, I, this was a really, I mean, I'll just go ahead and say this was a hard list for me to make because I was, I was, um, maybe unfairly exclusive of certain types of movies. Like I tried to take all the fantasy type movies like Star Wars, the Marvel movies, the Lord of the Rings kind of stuff. I tried to take those aside because I don't really, and this is just the way my own brain works. I don't really throw, I don't lump fantasy into action as, as we talked about, but um, I've got a couple themes that go along with my list. The first one is sci-fi. I feel like you can do sci-fi and action at the same time, even though sci-fi is sort of, you know, it's fantasy, basically, it's just a specific type. And the interesting thing that I thought when I looked at this list, because there's always a theme and always an unintentional theme, but 
my theme this time is uh, all my movies have sequels, which is funny because all the movies from last week don't have sequels. Don't have, okay. Right. Uh, and, and again, completely unintentional, but that's just kind of how it worked out. So I'll, I'll be interested to see how, it, you know, if your brain sort of worked the same way as mine. Um, so it's, it's funny. So I, I actually have, I have six films on my list and you'll, you'll understand why I have six when we get there. Um, I, I'm not cheating. I promise. <laughs> it's I, basically one of them. I think I'm going to disqualify. So, uh, but of those six, there's only one that, um, is a standalone film. So all the other ones do have sequels. So, okay. Yeah, I think that's pretty common, especially with action movies, um, yes. that, that that's kind of successful action movies typically um, spawned, you know, additional stories and, yes. and more money and all that good stuff. And, and then the other the little different thing that we're going to do tonight is uh, typically we'll do honorable mentions. We're not really going to do that. We're going to do what's called rapid fire at the end. And those are just what they say, just kind of rapid fire, quick questions. We can certainly go into them and, and talk about them. But the intent is you know, hey, I'm going to say something and boom, you just got to answer it quickly. So, um, so let's see, I, I chose the, uh, I chose the topic this evening. So I'm going to let you go first with your right. first favorite action movie of all time. All right. This is, there's a lot of pressure, but I don't know why this, this feels different. You know, like, I feel like I have to do it right. Uh, my first one is uh, from 1988. And this one actually, when I started this list, this one started at the top. It started as my number one. And I'm like, oh, I forgot about this one. Oh, I forgot about that one. And then it worked its way down to number five. But it is still okay. a phenomenal movie uh, directed by John McTiernan. This is Die Hard. Um, Bruce Willis, Bonavidelia, Alan, the, the Metatron himself, Alan Rickman, uh, Reginald Bell Johnson, and William Atherton, better known as the man with no dick uh, from Ghostbusters. Um <laughs> I, I'm going to try to limit going into plot summaries for any of these because everybody's going to know every movie that I have, but everyone knows that this is about uh, Lieutenant John McClane. Actually, I don't remember if he was a lieutenant in this movie, but I think it was uh, John McClane going back to attempt, uh, you know, to reconcile a failed marriage only to stumble upon an international hostage situation, you know, happens to the best of us. Uh, but this, uh, this took place in uh, California at the Nakatomi building, which is actually Fox Plaza in uh, Century City in L.A., which is, you know, the, the area where I think all the lawyers are known to have uh, congregated. But to me, the interesting thing about this movie is that it really ushered in sort of a new genre of action movies that didn't really require the protagonist to be a bodybuilder, right? Like up until this point, so this was 1988, up until this point, it was all... Schwarzenegger and Stallone and, and even to some degree a lot of martial arts uh, actors or p actors that were trained specifically in martial arts but Bruce Willis was none of these things in fact he was in uh, he was still filming uh, the television show Moonlighting with Sybil Shepard at the time so he was known more as a comedian than anything else and the idea that there was a point in time where Bruce Willis was not known as somebody who could be in an action movie is is just borderline insane today in 20, uh, 2021 because he could still pull off an action role. And he has because they've made four sequels to this movie, um, uh, all of which are, are probably marginally less better than the previous, although I think Die Hard 2 is very underrated and, and a really, really good movie. Um, but, uh, and one of the things that I think really helps this movie stand out a lot is that uh, Alan Rickman as Hans Gruber is probably arguably the most interesting uh, 
action star, uh, the, the most interesting villain in an action movie in the 80s, in my opinion. Um, he was fantastic. He went on to do a lot of things, most notably Harry, Harry Potter. Uh, I mentioned him as the Metatron. He was in the movie Dogma, which I really loved. Uh, that one's near and dear to my heart, but he's been in a ton of stuff. He was a fantastic actor. Uh, rest in peace, Alan Rickman. But uh, yeah, Die Hard, uh, 1988. That's, um, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, I, 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 I absolutely love Die Hard. Um, and, and you're right. I mean, you're, you're spot on. I, I think, you know, he, he's really, this, this film and maybe, and maybe like Lethal Weapon, right, are, are movies where you kind of, we really started going from the big bodybuilder, you know, the Schwarzenegger and Stallone to the everyman, right? It's, you know, he, he's a normal guy. He can get hurt. He, he bleeds when he gets cut, you know, those kind of things. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, no doubt. Die Hard is an amazing, amazing choice. Well done. Yeah. Lethal Weapon's a good call and it did come out a year before this. So maybe this isn't the, uh, the trendsetter necessarily. Right. Although Lethal Weapon is a little different because it's considered kind of a buddy comedy between buddy Danny Glover and Mel Gibson. But yeah, this, this, this was unique in that sense, but. Okay. All right. So my number five, um, let's see, is a, 1996 film um let's see i'm looking at my dates here 96 it is not the oldest and it is not the newest how about that it's kind of it's right smack dab in the middle um so yeah 1996 uh was directed by none other than uh in my opinion a very underrated action director mr michael bay um, I know he gets a lot of shit for being, you know, the the explosion guy, but I actually like a lot of his films. This one stars Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage. It's called The Rock. Um, I, I absolutely love this film. It, um, I'm first of all, I'm a huge Sean Connery fan, all the way back to James Bond, and I'm a big Nick Cage fan, right? I know Nick Cage at this time in 2021 his star has really fallen, right? Obviously as, as being an overactor and this, that, and the other thing. But I think in, in this performance specifically, I think he's great. Um, you know, th this one was produced by Jerry Bruckheimer and Don Simpson. Um, you know, Sean Connery, Nicolas Cage, Ed Harris is in here, Michael Bean, William Forsyth. It's got a great cast. We talked on our last cast about uh, movie scores. This one is by, by Hans Zimmer, which who did Inception and some other stuff. Fantastic. Um, you know, had a budget of 75 million bucks and, and a box office of 335 million, which by today's standards is not huge money. But back in 96, you know, it was it was um, this was a moneymaker. Right. And I'm actually kind of shocked. At, and this is the one that doesn't have a sequel on my list. Um, and, and it absolutely could, in my opinion, this. Again, I, I will. Uh, I, I won't go into plot summary, but again, The Rock is another name for Alcatraz, the uh, the prison in San Francisco. Sean Connery's character is kind of a playoff. His James Bond. He is a he's a British Secret Service guy that is that was in jail on The Rock and actually managed to escape. And long story short, terrorists take over The Rock and shit goes sideways and they, they the Nicholas Cage's character who I believe is a it's not an F, he's an FBI agent but he's a he's kind of a nerdy um he's like a scientist for lack of a better term 
he's called in to they enlist Sean Connery's character to uh, to get to basically break into the rock as opposed to breaking out of it. So um, again, lots of explosions, lots of guns. Um, just it's a great film. It's a great film. It's a That's really really great film. In fact, I'm I'm a little bummed you mentioned this because one of my rapid rapid fire questions was going to be you know, which one is the better Bay film? Is it The Rock or Con Air? And yep. I, I'm going to assume Con Air isn't on your list. I could be very wrong about that. But Michael Bay, you know, I'm not the biggest Michael Bay fan, mm -hmm. but I will say that he was absolutely on fire in the mid to late 90s. And yeah. I loved The Rock. I loved Con Air. I thought both of those movies were good. But The Rock especially, I think if I had to, if I had to pick an, uh, a favorite Michael Bay movie, it would be that one. Because that one just had... Um, cause he did, he did bad boys too, right? He did the original bad, bad, bad boys as well. I mean, yes. Um, yes. So I think he did the second one too, but I'm not sure, but, um, he had such a unique style and a unique energy behind what he was doing. And at that time he was infallible when it came to action movies yeah. and they were so fun and they were so exciting. And the rock is a perfect example of that. Um, you know, Nicholas Cage was great in that. Sean Connery was great in that. Ed Harris was fantastic in mm -hmm. that. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'd be, uh, I would uh, be mad at myself if I didn't bring up uh, Vanessa. Vanessa Marcel, who is, uh, you know, <laughs> we'll continue to make 90210 callbacks with every opportunity that we get through every podcast. Um, she's hot. Holy oh crap. God, <laughs> is she just melting the screen every yeah. single time that she's on it it's amazing and she married Corey feldman at one point can you believe that and that's and then crazy. she married and then she married david silver too <laughs> that's right she did who, who then went on to marry uh, uh megan fox megan fox yeah. yeah so we need to maybe have a a conversation about what what is uh what is brian austin green doing that we're not because I did not think that. Well, anyways, let's not talk about David Silver. Let's talk about uh, The Rock. That that movie's great. It's an it's a really good pick, and it's one that um, it's really fun to revisit because it just it almost just immediately throws you back into the mid nineties, and it's just it, it, it's an exciting uh, thrill ride. And uh, Michael Bay at his best for sure. Yeah, big fan. Yeah, one one more thing on on Bay. Um, again, I, I these days I know Michael Bay again his star has fallen a little bit. But, but I, I, to me, he makes kind of turn your brain off pop, popcorn movies, right? Um, I, I know I am, I think I'm in the minority here, but I love all of his Transformer movies as well. I know like most guys my age don't, you know, that, that are big G1 Transformer fans don't really like the Bayformers universe, but I, I, yeah, they've got their problems. But again, they're just kind of turn your brain off, watch a movie. It's, it's big fucking robots transforming and talking and blowing stuff up right and that's right. that's what I'm, that's what i'm looking for with them with a michael bay movie so yeah absolutely and i feel like most of the time if you set your expectations right that's what you're yeah. going to get so yeah. oh solid choice all right uh what do you have for your number four sir all right so number four is my newest movie on the list it is from 2003 it is directed by quentin tarantino and it is kill bill um this one is one that once I realized it was an action movie, once it sort of popped into my head, I'm like, oh, cool, I can put this on my list. I will, I will sort of um, own up to the fact that when I, when I uh, saw Pulp Fiction, I thought it was okay, but it was really weird. When I saw Reservoir Dogs, uh, obviously in different chronological order, um, 
it, you know, it, I wasn't, I wasn't the biggest Quentin Tarantino fan. Like I, I thought it was different and it was, um, it, you know, all of it was extremely violent, which is not anything I have a problem with, but I just didn't get it. Like it never resonated with me in a, in a very particular way. And then I saw Kill Bill and it totally blew my mind. Um, it was, uh, it was, it, and it sort of, it sort of uh, dips its toe in the fantasy world, you know, fantasy martial arts. Kill Bill has a lot in common in my mind uh, from an aesthetic perspective uh, to something like Big Trouble in Little China in a weird way. Certainly very much, yeah, as, very much. You know, like they're, they're not on, on the same level with violence. Like obviously Kill Bill is a very violent movie, but in terms of, um, you know, this is sort of a love letter that Tarantino wrote to the grindhouse genre of B-movie films in the 70s, which touched on things like martial arts and black exploitation and, and spaghetti westerns and things like that. And spaghetti westerns was a big sort of theme of the, the Big Trouble in Little China. Um, and, and it's really interesting because the movie starts and, and the hero, quote unquote, of the movie is getting shot in the head. Um, and then it follows the journey of her recovery as she sort of plows through all of her assailants one by one to get to, uh, to the man they call Bill. Um, and I just thought like visually, there's, there's something about the cinematography, the aesthetic and the techniques that Tarantino uses to shoot this movie that makes it such a beautiful film. Um, and it's just so good. And it's, this one is, is um, you could almost lump the second one in with this one, although the second movie is a not, it's not really as much of an action movie as this one. I think the first one is way so you, more action. So for, your, for your pick here, you're, you're choosing volume one. As volume a one. one. Yeah, thank you. For, yeah, that's, that's an that's a important distinction. This is Kill Bill volume one um, that is very action heavy. And, you know, the movie starts with that and then it, uh, it continues through that into a, a really, uh, it crescendos into a, an insane fight scene towards the end with, uh, you know, 88 different, uh, uh, crazy 88. the crazy 88, the, the, the member, uh, the different gang members and such. But, um, one thing I learned, which I thought was really interesting is that the, the character of Bill was originally written for Warren Beatty of all people which to me oh, wow. really? would not work at all. No, like, David Carradine was perfect in that movie. David Carradine was yeah. amazing. He, he, I like. If anything, I would have guessed that Quentin Tarantino sat down and said, I want to write a movie about David Carradine. Yeah. And this is what came of it. And because it just, he just seems to fit in it so well. But um, did you ever did you ever watch when you were growing up? What was the David Carradine? Was it Kung Fu? Kung Fu. It was Kung Fu. Did you ever watch no. that? No, to be honest with you, until I saw this movie, I don't know that I've seen David Carradine in really? anything. But I knew his name because David Carradine, I think, very famously, um, you know, replaced Bruce Lee in the in the that 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 part in Kung Fu was meant for Bruce Lee, but Bruce Lee uh, didn't get the part ultimately because the studios were afraid that being an Asian American or being an Asian that he he wouldn't resonate with the audiences as well, so they ended up casting yeah, David Carradine. Not- yeah, so um, I, I I remember very vividly watching Kung Fu pretty regularly um, when I was growing up, and I would my dad would watch it, and and it was always it always seemed to be on like when we were having dinner or just dinner was over, you know what I mean? And it was just it was shot in a very spaghetti western kind of kind of manner, um, 
and yeah, that, that blows me away that Warren Beatty, fucking Dick Tracy, that was, yeah. That I, movie would have yeah. been so different with him in yeah. it because David Carradine was just, he was brilliant. He has and, such and a... He, and he, yeah, and he, and he really wasn't even in it, especially the first one. He really wasn't even in it all that much. Um, in fact, do you even see... I'm trying to go... Do you even see Bill in the first... Do you even know who Bill is in the first movie? I'd have I to go back and know watch him, it. but you definitely do see him at some yeah, point. Okay. I, I know that you do see him, but yeah. he gets way more screen time in the yeah, second. Yeah, in the second, one, yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I, I, you know, Tarantino is an interesting one. Um, I, I would agree. You know, a lot of people just love Tarantino and think he's just, he's just kind of this groundbreaking, amazing filmmaker. Um, in general, I would say I'm not a Tarantino fan, or a, I take that back. I'm not a fan of a lot of his movies. Um, you know, I, I don't really care for Inglorious Bastards. I don't really care for De- Django. Um, this one, though, and Pulp Fiction are the two that I can rewatch over and over and over again. Yeah. And in fact, it's funny. We were just talking to my buddy and I were just talking about Pulp Fiction the other night. Every time I watch that movie, I get something else out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and Kill Bill is actually like that, too. Right. It's whether it's a background thing or it's something small. Um, yeah, great, great, great pick. Well done. All right. Give us um, your, uh, your number four. All right. My number four is, I believe, my oldest. It is. It's my oldest movie on the list. It is from 1981. Oh. It is a, had a budget of $20 million, had a box office of $389.9 million. Um, it is directed by Steven Spielberg. It stars Harrison Ford and it is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, this, this film, it's funny when I, the first film I thought of when I thought of action movie, it was this one. Um, I, I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised that is number four on my list. Um, kind of like you, it started out at number one and, and kind of continued to move down. There were, but there was no chance that this was ever not going to be on my list. Um, again, we're not going to bother with plots, but this, is, this follows archaeologist Henry Jones, i.e. Uh, Indiana, and it, it, it just it's adventure from from the word go right he's he's treasure hunting he's getting the girl he's stopping the nazis he's you know all of these kind of things i mean there there are i can think of at least one two three there's four or five what i would call action scenes in this movie that are in my opinion just ap- just iconic um and and it's 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 a great story i think it's good enough that it could have been a standalone movie it spawned three sequels i think there's a fourth one that's coming i'm not sure that i'm super thrilled about that but you know but i'll, I'll certainly watch it um yeah for, for a long time this was like my all-time favorite movie it's got an amazing score by the by the master john williams um you know yeah this this one i think what set in the 40s or maybe the late 30s so it's got some Western to it. It's got some war to it. Just, I, yeah, absolutely love this one. I've probably seen this one probably more than any other on my list. One of my all-time all, all favorite movies, not to mention the fact it's one of my all-time favorite actions. 
Yeah, it's it's such a good movie. And I think Harrison Ford arguably is the biggest sort of we'll, we'll say movie star, you know, in quotes, you know, not necessarily actor, but he may be the biggest movie star of our childhood. Right. Because he he occupied two of the most important roles, I think, for for us as, as young boys growing up as Han Solo and, and uh, Henry Jones, Jr. Um, Junior. Exactly. This movie was was so good. This one, I, I mean, it's interesting for me. Like my history with Indiana Jones is is funny because like the Temple of Doom, Temple of Doom was probably the first one I saw in the theaters, and then uh, the Last Crusade was the first one that that I just like. Oh my god, this movie is amazing! Like the Last mm-hmm. Crusade might be my favorite, just because of the uh, the brilliant casting of Sean Connery and and all that goes with it. But Raiders of the Lost Ark sort of it set the template for everything that was to come. And there are so many brilliant things about what George Lucas and Steven Spielberg did with this movie and, and Harrison Ford, obviously, and Karen Allen and everybody who's involved. It's just, I, I think that it's one of those movies that could be classified kind of as timeless, right? Because when it came out, came out in the early eighties, but it was clearly about a, a, a storyline that took place many years before that. So I thought that uh, it's it's um, the theme of you know religious artifacts and things like that. Like I'd never heard of the Ark of the Covenant before, and it uh, it was a neat little introduction to that world for me. And I love the fact that if you uh, if you freeze frame it at the right time when they're pulling the Ark out of its uh, out of its resting place, you can see hieroglyphics of C three PO and R two D two on the wall. You can be sure that George Lucas had a big hand in that. But yeah, I mean. I, it's it's the Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's the Indiana Jones. Um, well, I was almost going to call it the trilogy, just out of habit. But um, it's uh, it's fantastic. It's such a good movie. It, it that's that's a great choice. That was one that I I didn't think of only because it fits more into adventure in my mind than it does action. Yeah. But I, I actually I absolutely think it is is definitely worthy of an action movie for sure. All right, sir. Uh, you're number three. Number three. All right. So we're moving into the newest movie that, well, I'm sorry, it's not. Kill Bill was the newest movie. This one backtracks about four years into 1999, which in my opinion was a great year for movies in general. Uh, but this one in particular absolutely blew my mind and made me think of things in a whole different way directed by the Wachowskis, This is the Matrix, uh, featuring Keanu Reeves, who has made his way on every list that I think that I've made so far. Uh, Carrie Ann Moss, Lawrence Fishburne, Hugo Weaving, and Joey Pants, or Joey Pantoliano, um, who also ended up uh, on the Goonies list from last week. He did. Um, so I, th- this, this is such a good movie. So fun to revisit every single time I watch it. I remember seeing this for the first time at a place called Hollywood Bar and Filmworks, downtown Indianapolis, which is uh, one of the first places that I ever went to, uh, one of the first movie theaters that I ever went to where they serve you food and drinks. Uh, It was one of those uh, places. And it was really, really cool. Such a neat experience to be there for that. Um, But more so because I, I just remember seeing that movie and it just totally blew me away. I had no idea what I was getting into. At that point, I'm trying to think back and I should have done more research, but I don't really remember where Keanu Reeves was in his career in 1999. I don't think 
that it, it certainly wasn't in any sort of action genre. I think that he had probably done some other projects by that point after like maybe point break, I think, you know, things there had been kind of a lull in terms of action as it relates to Keanu Reeves. I think again, I should go back and do that research, but when, when the matrix came out, it completely launched him back into the mainstream of everything. Um, and uh, I, I read, a, I was doing my research and, and there's this really, you know, I, I don't want to do a, a plot synopsis, but the, the quote from the, I'll quote Wikipedia, and, it's, and I thought this was really good. It says, it depicts a dystopian future in which humanity is unknowingly trapped inside a simulated reality, which is called the Matrix, created by intelligent machines to distract humans while using their bodies as an energy source. And, and, and that in itself, like if, if I'm a studio executive and you pitch that to me as a movie, I'm like, what in the fuck are you talking about? Like that makes zero sense, which is funny because that leads into my next bit of trivia. This was originally pitched to Will Smith um, to be the part of Neo. And he essentially passed on it because he felt the same way. He didn't understand what was going on, but it was going to go to Will Smith and Val Kilmer of all people which in hindsight, wow. I think would have been brilliant to see Val Kilmer in this movie because he's just quirky enough to pull off a Morpheus or some, the yeah. Oracle or some sort of really bizarre part for that. But Will Smith ended up turning this down for the, uh, for the studio epic that would be known as Wild Wild West, uh, <laughs> which I'm sure he's really bummed about. Now, he had done Men in Black, uh, uh, two years before this. So perhaps, you know, he was, he was trying to be conscious about entering too far into the sci-fi dimension, but um, yeah, I mean, this movie, I, I think it would be a, a huge uh, oversight to not mention that this movie was massively praised for its incredibly innovative special effects, yes. uh, specifically the, the bullet time effect, which is, um, you know, the, the scenes where um, it featured a series of cameras that were all sort of firing in rapid succession to create this massive sweeping effect, you know, like when he would, he would bend backwards and then the cameras would all fire and he would, there would be a circle of cameras around him uh, lined up in a way that they wouldn't see each other, but uh, they would all fire and it would give this really, really cool effect. And, and uh, it ended up winning like four Academy Awards for film editing, sound, sound effects, and visual effects, you know, deservedly so, mm -hmm. but you know, I can't say much for the sequels, um, unfortunately, and we are going to get yet another Matrix sequel uh, scheduled to drop in December of this year uh, by Warner Brothers, which means it will probably be on HBO Max. Uh, Matrix 4 will land. Uh, Matrix 2 was okay, but it, it sort of, um, they decided to take a specific direction with it that I didn't really connect with. So you know, if the Matrix itself was a standalone movie, it would be one of the greatest films of all time, in my mind. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I remember walking out of the theater, and if you remember the last shot of the Matrix, it is Keanu Reeves or Neo. He is actually in the Matrix in the scene, and he and he hangs up the payphone, and he literally like flies up into the into the screen, right. And that is a, a quote power that he has not had up until that point. And you're just, you're just left with, you've seen this movie that um, just, this kind of blows your mind. I would agree. I think I, I kind of wish they would have stopped 
um, at that first one. I think it was good enough to be a standalone movie. Um, you know, I, I have a feeling that the reason that they didn't was it had a $63 million budget and it made $463 million. So, you know, anytime a movie makes $400 million, especially in 1999, um, you know, that, that's nothing to scoff at. The, the, I would agree the second one was okay. The third one just kind of turned into a there really wasn't much matrix in it. It was more of just kind of a, a yeah. dystopian war movie, which wasn't bad, but when you, but when you had, when you had the backdrop of quote, the matrix in it, um, it, it left, it left a lot to be desired. Um, yeah. The first movie was really standalone or it could have been standalone. The second movie, when I watched it, I thought, okay, there were definitely parts of this I liked, but there were other parts that I wasn't sure about. The second movie, how I felt about the second movie completely hinged on the what third. happened in the third movie. And I, I hated the third movie. I had yeah. no interest in any of that. I don't even remember what happened in the third movie other than he went blind and there was a, there was a very big sort of Christ metaphor or something like that, which, which is fine. I don't mind those, but it just it didn't resonate with me at all. And it, it made me wish they would have stopped at one, which, of course, if that were the case, it would have ended up as my number one slot on last week's right. or our last yeah, podcast for yeah. sure. But it's yeah. still a great movie in and of itself. And I can watch that first movie and be fine with it. Like I don't have to watch the sequels. I, I will agree. certainly watch matrix part four when it comes out because I'm a consumer and I will consume, especially if it's Keanu Reeves. But um, you know, for the most part, I'm not getting my hopes up. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, so this might be a first on this podcast um, where not only we have the same movie on the list, but it's actually my number three as well. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. Might be the first time. So, so yeah, again, I, I, I agree with everything you said. Um, I, I don't know if we mentioned Hugo Weaving is the, is the main bad guy in here who is just absolutely amazing as agent Smith Um you know, I mean, again, I'm not going to bother with a plot because A, I don't know that I could do it justice and B, I'm sure everybody that's listening to this has already seen this the, or seen the movie. Um, you know, it's funny, as I was going through this list, it's remarkable how many times, and I didn't necessarily put him on the list, but it's remarkable how many times Keanu Reeves came up as, you know, kind of potential movies, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I'll tell you, Keanu Reeves is a is an action star, right? I mean, he he, he is. He, he really is. He, um, he's a great action star. Yeah. He, there were a couple my honorable mentions that I won't mention tonight because we're not doing that. There was one of one of his in there too. That yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, so so you had said kind of where he is in his in his uh, in his career. So he you know he he had done Bill and Ted in '89. He had done Point Break in '91. He had done the second Bill and Ted. He did My Private Idaho, which obviously is not an action movie. Um, and then he did Speed in 94. So he's coming off Speed. Um, but I would agree that this is the one, Devil's Advocate in 97, which, which was the last kind of big movie before this for him. I thought that was a great movie, not an action movie at all. Yeah. But I would agree. I mean, it was, in my mind, if you're thinking action movies, it was Speed and then this one, right? Um, yeah. Then you go into, you know, the John Wicks of the world and, and those kind of things. Which, that was God, my honorable mention. God yeah. damn, those are great movies. So good. I mean, the action in those movies are phenomenal. Like, he sells it. Like, I don't remember how old he is. He's got to be in his mid-50s at this point. But, I mean, he he sells everything that he's doing in that movie. And I believe the stunt coordinators are the, the guys that were working on The Matrix, too. So, it, those well, yeah, are and, and it's funny. Like, he actually, he does. Like, he's gone and did all that tactical training. And, like, that's all him. That's, that is yep. not... 
for the most part, that's not a stunt double. Like that's actually Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. He's 56 right now. That's him doing that oh, wow. show. Um, and that's yeah. just really, really impressive. And it's 100% believable. As much as an action movie with all that right. sort of fantastical gunfire and martial arts and all that stuff, you know, like nobody believes you can get stabbed or shot that many times and still make it. But I mean, if anybody's going to pull it off, like he can do that. It's Keanu. Yeah. That's great. No, well, I'm sorry. I stole your pick. I no, no, like no, I, not I, at all. I ripped no, your was... thunder right out from under you, but uh, not, not at all. But not I'm glad we finally, that it, you, I think you're right. That's the first time we've ever had the same thing on the same point in the yeah. list. So that's really so. cool. So, all right. So now you're number two. My number two. All right. So this one, uh, this is one that I almost forgot about. But when I real, when I remembered it, I'm like, holy crap, I've got to put it really high on my list. 1987, directed by Paul Verhoeven. This is RoboCop. Um, go Robo. <laughs> go Robo. This movie is so good. And it's, and it's, it's a lot deeper than just your sort of standard run-of-the-mill action movie, in my opinion. And I feel like if you watch it today, you may pick up on more of that than if you watched it back in, you know, the late 80s. But uh, Peter Weller, Nancy Allen, Kurtwood, dumbass Smith, as I like to call him, uh, you know, as we all know him from the 70s show. Uh, Dan O'Herlihy, which I'll, I'll make a quick callback. Dan O'Herlihy was the, um, in The Last Starfighter. He played the character named Grig. Um which was, he was like an alien guy in, in uh, The Last Starfighter. He was um, uh, the, the main character's sort of co-pilot. Uh, Miguel Ferrer, uh, who is a great actor. He's been in a ton of stuff, even some Marvel movies. And uh, Ronnie Cox, who by name, most people won't know, but Ronnie Cox uh, was also in uh, the, uh, the Beverly Hills Cop movies as Lieutenant Bogomil. Uh, oh, Cox. yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so he was, he was sort of an 80s police chief mainstay right like he was the guy you got to play the the, the higher up guy in the police movies um everybody knows what robocop's about it's a you know a guy who is almost murdered by a bunch of bad guys and basically turns into a crime fighting cyborg um but this i think the thing that i love the most about this movie is that paul verhoeven directed it and if you've seen a paul verhoeven movie before you'll know that it's it's weird like it's it, it you know, on paper, it sounds like one thing, but you watch it and it, it ends up being something else. Like he also did Total Recall, uh, which is another movie very in the same vein. Yep. Uh, Starship Troopers, you know, also I very love, much like that. Very sci-fi. Yeah. yeah, it's a great movie. It's it's fantastic. He did Basic Instinct too, but I won't lump that in with this because that doesn't really fit the theme. But Did he do I, the first one or no? Yeah. He did the first one. He oh, did the basic, first you, you were saying Basic Instinct 2 not oh, oh i'm sorry basic instinct as well um, okay. are also uh, as they say but yes he did uh, he did the first basic instinct movie which um doesn't fit thematically with some of these other ones but he's just he's really fascinating to me the way that he sort of he mixes this sci-fi violence with a, a weirdly complimentary form of campy humor right and that's what robocop is uh, but on top of being an action movie, I mean, it really has a lot under the hood is in, in the way of social satire. And, and um, you know, it seemed to be really ahead of its time in that respect. It was an insanely violent movie, at least for 1987. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and my memories of it is it was the first movie that I knew of that wasn't, you know, considered to be an adult movie that was rated X when, when it or had an X rating at one point. Uh, the MPAA forced uh, forced the studio to hack it apart and, and eventually got it to an R rating, but they've since released it on DVD and Blu-ray uh, in a uh, quote-unquote uncut version. 
and it's uh it's just it's really really good peter weller does so good in that movie and i can't really identify how but it and it, the movie has a lot of heart you know it's not just about this robot cop that goes around shooting people like it it really manages to um you know really kind of dig into a deeper story that i think is really solid What's interesting to me, and, and this doesn't surprise me, but I thought it was interesting. Some of the other casting considerations for RoboCop were Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, mm -hmm. Michael Ironside, Rucker Hauer, Tom Berenger, uh, Armand Asante, and Keith Carradine, and James Remar, which I think are all, um, you know, are all names that were more popular in the 80s, certainly. Yeah. But a lot of the reasons that they didn't end up going with Schwarzenegger is because they just thought he would look like the Michelin man and in, in, in the, in the outfit, have, right? Like he was he was too big. Like Peter Weller was not a bodybuilder in any way, shape, or form. So he he fit the character. He had a I think uh Paul Verhoeven was quoted as saying, I cast him because I really liked the way his jaw looked in the in the costume, which was basically all that you could see. But Robocop's fantastic, it's such a good movie. Uh, it uses um, some really good uh, special effects, uh, a lot of good quotable lines, and it's it's fun, but it's uh, it's a little deeper than you might think on the surface. So that's my number yeah. two, RoboCop. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great film um, and, and a great choice. When I think of Verhoeven, I think of um, I think Total Recall and I think um, Starship Troopers. And, and again, I'm thinking of those films from the, the social commentary, right? Because there's a lot, to your point, there's a lot going on, you know, kind of beneath the surface there. Um, the, 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 the kind of visceral memory that I have of RoboCop is, is when Murphy gets shot all the hell. Oh, that terrified I mean, me. That, is scene, a that scene is brutal. And it's, um, and, and you know what, it's, it's, it's a scene that you can you know, the, the movie is set in Detroit and it's a dystopian version of Detroit, yep. um, which candidly is not too far from what Detroit kind of fell into. It, it, has, it has certainly made a huge rebound in, in recent years. But I mean, there, there was a time when Detroit was just really, really, really bad. Um, and, and so, I mean, that, that movie, what came out in the, in the 80s or whatever it was, um, you know, it wasn't too far from reality, right? And and you could see that scene and, you know, there's drug dealers and they're killing cops and they're, you know, and you'd be like, oh yeah, that, that could, that could totally happen, right? Um, lo loved this movie. Um, a couple really, really awesome um, practical death scenes in it. There's a scene in it where a guy gets covered with uh, nuclear ooze or nuclear waste or whatever. And, and literally is just kind of liquefied when a, when a car runs over him, which, which is just, you know, for when, when I put my horror hat on, it's just amazing, right? Um, ag agreed, great, great, great choice. Well done. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's interesting because I feel like the dystopian, you know, like futuristic dystopia thing has appeared on my list a couple of times. It but, yeah, it has. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's really solid. I think my favorite scene from that, from an action perspective, is where um, where the, uh, the there's there's a lady who's you know in the process of being sexually assaulted, and he shows up on site and he he points his gun and, and the camera goes to the view of you know his uh, his viewfinder and that he shoots it and he shoots through her crotch into the guy's crotch, and it's just like it, it's just you know, like wow, who thinks of these things as far as action scenes go? And it's uh, it's so interesting the way that they put some of that together. 
Great. Awesome choice. All right. Number two, give it to me. So here's my number two and here, and here's where I have, this is my like fifth and sixth, right? Here's where I have two. Okay. So I've been trying to rack my brain figuring out what the hell you're talking about. So so my number two choice, um, and and I think I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going to disqualify it for the same reasons that we've disqualified some other films, uh, the Marvel films and Star Wars films. But I, but I feel I, I love this film so much that I wanted to talk about it. So I, I admit I'm cheating. I'm sorry. It's, it's our podcast. I mean, you know, Damn it, uh, Greg. it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's the newest film on my movie or on my list. It's 2008. It had a budget of 185 million and it made over a billion dollars. It is um, written and directed by Christopher Nolan. It is a Batman movie. It is the dark Knight. Oh, I almost put this on my list. I did. I almost broke my own rules to put this on my list. It's such a good choice, but please go ahead. So so again, I I will, I will remove it from my list and I, and I do. And and this is where I have the other one. I have a backup for it, but, but so Batman is probably my all time favorite superhero character. The Joker is my all time favorite, you know, uh, comic villain. Um, and, and this, this film, I, I remember, I remember when you, you had seen this movie before I had, and it was probably three or four weeks before I had seen it. And you were, your mind was blown. You were, you were busting my balls that I hadn't seen it. You're like, you got to go see this movie. You got to go see this movie. And, and I, at the time I had not seen Batman Begins. And that was kind of what was holding me up to it. I was like, oh, I haven't seen the first one. I can't go watch the second one. And you were like, no, don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. And you were right. This is a movie that you do not have to see the first one. You do not have to see the third one. This is a standalone badass action movie. And you know what? It's probably, if we ever do this list, it's probably in my top time, top five films. Not, not comic films, not act like films. It is amazing. Um, you know, it, it stars... Christian Bale as Batman slash Bruce Wayne stars Michael Caine stars Heath Ledger in my opinion the greatest performance as the Joker of all time all due respect to Jack Nicholson all due respect to Mark Hamill this is the the performance of the Joker um Gary Oldman Aaron Eckhart Maggie Gyllenhaal Morgan Freeman it's got an amazing cast I talked a little bit on our last podcast about my love for Christopher Nolan this is a dark, gritty, quote, real version of Batman, as real as the Batman character can be. Um, again, you know, music by Hans, Zim- Hans Zimmer. Um, there's a reason it made a billion dollars. It's, it's an amazing, amazing movie. And I mean, from the, from the opening credits till the end, it is balls to the wall action. Absolutely love it. That being said, I will I will remove it because I, for the same reason I removed Marvel and, and Star Wars. But but I but I had to talk about it. It's You're killing I, me. I love this film. I don't. I mean, I don't think you have to remove it. I think it's a, a, a perfectly suitable choice because you know you can. It, I don't know. I don't know how to say this. Um, like most comic book movies are very comic booky, right? Like they're very much of that ilk. But this movie is not like that, right? Like there's nothing 
about this movie maybe the fact that a man dresses up like a bat that's like the most sort of absurd right. part of this but everything else that they do grounds this in such reality and and that's all to the credit of christopher nolan um this movie i remember very specifically um you know like the the teaser at the end of the the batman begins is that the joker's coming in the second movie mm -hmm. and you know everybody gets really excited about that but it when I Am Legend came out, which we talked about, uh, I think that was mentioned in, in the, our last podcast, I Am Legend came out in IMAX. And if you went to see it in the IMAX theater, there was a six minute trailer of yeah, Dark Knight, which was essentially the, the first six minutes of the movie, the entire bank heist scene that featured so basically faceless bad guys, um, you know, all of which sort of looked like a version of the Joker um and, and it was phenomenal and i watched that and I, I i was shocked i was floored i'm like i cannot be more excited to see a movie uh in my entire life than than the dark knight and it's one of the few times where i've been that excited and it absolutely delivered on everything i went to see this movie at midnight uh on a thursday night when it came out and uh it was amazing I, there's nothing bad about this movie it is a standalone movie i agree with you i think that that's a, an, an excellent point that it can be its own movie and you can leave it at that and and it's fine there are no cliffhangers there it, there's no need to go back or go forward it's it's its own great movie the performances are fantastic everything about this movie is so beautiful it might be in my top five of all time too to be honest with you it's just that good and i was so thankful to have had the opportunity to be a fan of movies and see this when it first came out right like because like our kids will see this and, and know that it's been around forever but like we got to see this when it was when it was huge and it was it's arguably the best i mean i don't even know if it's arguable at this point it's probably the best comic book movie that's ever been made yeah i mean it's it, I, I guess again that's that's a whole other podcast right i guess the only one the only other one in my mind that i would put up against it as a single movie uh, would be the original Iron Man. That, that's about the only other one. You know, again, with with all, you know, Endgame and, and Infinity Wars, really, you, you have to, you have to put in the effort to watch all those other movies. Yeah. This one, you don't. You can sit yeah. down for, you sure. know, a hundred minutes and just be enthralled by this, just this movie. Yeah. So. For me, for me, that list would include the original Superman, uh, 1975 Richard Donner. Yeah. That, yeah. that, that movie for me was the first superhero movie that I ever saw that I thought was really worth its weight. And, and to be fair, I think that was the first superhero movie that finally legitimized that genre on film. I, yeah, I think right? before that it was it was it was the 1960s batman with adam west that was that was super campy and and intentionally so but you know donner super well we're getting way off track but donner superman was the one that kind of legitimized making genre um, yeah you know the genre so yeah. but no that the the dark knight's phenomenal but you know okay. i digress tell so, me your so, tell me your other one so my other my other one then is about um, two yes my, is a 1987 film uh, it was a 15, 18 million dollar budget, made 98 million dollars. Um, this is smack dab in the middle of that kind of sci-fi action, uh, directed by John McTiernan, uh, who also um, directed Die Hard. This is the Arnold Schwarzenegger classic, The Predator. Um, th th this movie, to me, again, 
you know, you've got Schwarzenegger, you've got Carl Weathers, you've got the governor, Jesse Ventura, <laughs> you know, um, again, a group of commandos, for lack of a better term, goes into the jungle and they are hunting slash being hunted by this alien beast known as just the predator. Um, just, I mean, you know, this is a, again, this is an action movie, right? It's um, music by Alan Silvestri, lots of explosions, lots of blood, lots of blowing shit up. Um, yeah, I, not, not a whole lot more I can say about it. I just, it, and it's, and it's infinitely rewatchable, it holds up really, really well. You can watch that movie today and, and it's, it's, you know, it's not, it's really not dated and it's almost 40 years old. I just, I love this film. Yeah, it is a really, really good movie. And it, it spawned one of the most uh, bizarre, bizarrely cast sequels of all time. You know, like they, they're like, hey, Predator how about two? instead of Schwarzenegger, we get Danny Glover to play Predator 2 or play the, the lead role in Predator 2, which I, I seem to have some weird recollection of liking that movie but i i can't remember i i maybe have seen it once but i think that i liked it when i saw it but of course i was much younger at the time so who knows it's and it spawned other movies you know other standalones aliens versus predator and things yep. like that it's and, funny i actually you know that i guess maybe we'll put in the same the same camp as the transformer films i actually really like most of the predator movies so it's yeah it's danny glover and gary Busey is is one of the main not a bad guy but he's in that movie too um, and then uh a avp which is kind of universally panned as a terrible movie I, I really enjoy that one as well so i don't know if it's i like the predator films actually the, there was a relatively recent film called predator predator or predators yeah, i think it's just predator um which i thought was great and then there was one five or six years ago called i think called predators uh which again i I, I enjoy the entire Predator franchise, but yeah, the OG it, was the best. Yeah, it's good stuff. I'm I'm a little disappointed that they didn't follow that up with a proper sequel with Arnold Schwarzenegger, but yeah. at that point, I think he was, you know, moving on to other things. Yeah. So, but that 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 is a really good movie and sort of quintessential '80s action, right? Yeah. Uh, as it relates to you know, especially Arnold's uh, you know genre of movies. So that's good. All right. Well, I guess I'll go on to my number one. So I can't decide. I don't think this will be your number one, but it could be your number one. Um, and it's something that we actually did mention, I think, on a recent podcast. Uh, this is uh, 1991. It's James Cameron. It's it's Terminator 2. Um, I, I could not not go with this. I did mention it last week. I, I remember definitively because I, uh, I called out uh, it as being arguably the best sequel that has ever been made, um, which is a bold statement when you consider Empire Strikes Back, Godfather 2, whatever. Um, but, you know, for my money, I think they took a movie that was very good in the Terminator and they made it better. They improved on it 100x. I mean, it's amazing. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Linda Hamilton, uh, Eddie Furlong and Robert Patrick made a half a billion dollars in the theater, which at the time ended up being the third highest grossing movie of all time. Can you guess which two movies were ahead of it? Say this that again, I'm ninth. sorry. So this was the third, uh, by the time it came out of the theaters, it was the third highest grossing globally movie of all time behind two movies. Can you guess which two movies 
uh, it had grossed more than that. And the, keep in mind, this was in 1991. Star Wars was one of them. Yep. Right? Absolutely. 91. Jurassic Park wasn't out yet, was it? Mm, I, no. 91. I, no, I don't. I can't, I can't think of that one. It was my number one pick from last week. It was E.T., actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that either because I don't ever think of that as being a big moneymaker specifically, yeah. but obviously it was. Um, but at the time, it was the most expensive movie ever made. Uh, and, and one of the, um, as far as, I mean, the special effects were cutting edge. That was the huge, that was obviously the biggest part of the budget for, yeah. uh, for, for the movie. And, and I, I, I lifted this quote directly from Wikipedia because I, I and you'll know why by the end, the time I finish it, it says the use of such technology was the most ambitious. Uh, and it, and this is in reference to CGI specifically was the most ambitious since the 1982 and 1984 science fiction films, Tron and the last Starfighter, respectively. <laughs> so it, it, it lended itself very heavily to CGI related yeah. special effects, which again, had not become uh, mainstream at that point, like action movies, even Star Wars. I mean, which of course, Return of the Jedi was what, 83 or whatever, 82, 83. Yep. That was all practical. Almost all yeah. of that was very practical effects. Yeah. So like The Last Starfighter, which of course I mentioned last week was, was heavy on CGI. We didn't really get a lot of CGI special effects again until Terminator 2 came out. Um, but it it's was, an amazing it story. Was the, it, was the Sorry, liquid, it was the liquid metal that they, yes, was yeah. really the CGI, which all is those, just an yeah. amazing effect. Yeah, I mean, at the time, you know, you watch it now and it's like, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. That doesn't seem that that revolutionary but in 1991 it was amazing and that's all ilm i think there was another studio that was doing that but ilm had had their fingerprints all over that but it was such a good story it was a really solid story it was a very tight story um and it was a cool twist to have arnold come back as the good guy because for anyone who doesn't remember arnold was the bad guy in the first terminator movie and he comes back and he, and and they don't reveal it right away they do sort of a you know, uh, in maybe 20 or 25 minutes into the movie, they reveal that he's the good guy, but he comes back and everybody thinks he's the bad guy. So it's really interesting. Um, this was in, in my own little personal trivia bucket. This was the first movie that my dad ever took me to see that was rated R in the theaters because okay. my parents were always really strict on rated R movies, but they, they sort of let me have a little bit more leeway when it came to movies that were just rated R based on like violence and language and things like that. Um, but you can, you can, um, they released uh, many versions of this movie since 1991 uh, that include additional footage. I think the most recent versions include an extra 15 minutes of footage, which uh, is really interesting. It's intercut within the movie, so you can watch it. It's not just deleted scenes that are tacked on as special features. They, they put them back in the movie, which I always think is sort of an interesting, um, uh, you know, sort of uh, view into the way that Cameron wanted to make it. But ultimately, I think it's good that they left him out, with the exception of there's one scene with Michael Bean. You know, he comes back as Kyle Reese in sort of a dream sequence, which is really cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Terminator 2. I mean, I, I can't think of a single bad thing to say about that movie. It is flawless from top to bottom, in my opinion. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, if we, if we were doing a podcast of greatest sequels, yeah, that, that's certainly on my list, probably at the top of my list. And might have to flip flop, flip a coin between that and Empire. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. Great, great. No, great. It, 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 
It's actually not on my list. If I were doing an honorable mention, it, and I've got a list of like a, a 20 honorable mentions, that sure. would be my number one honorable mention though. That, that's, at, that's at the top of that list. Um, my number one is actually a film we already talked about. Um, it, it is again, John McTiernan again, it is the 1988 Die Hard. Um, th th this movie to me is, um, again, it, it's the quin it, it is action from the word go all the way through. Um, I, I have not shown it to my boys yet, um, but, but they're, they're, they're to the age that they can watch it. They, they have seen The Matrix and they were blown away by The Matrix and I cannot wait to, to have them see Die Hard, um, you know, the, I guess, again, I'm not going to rehash everything we talked about. Bruce Willis, Alan Rickman, um, Bonnie Bedelia, you know, a $35 million budget made $150 million, spawned three sequels, three or no, four sequels, four, five? Four. Five movies, movies, four sequels, yeah. Yeah. Um, the last couple are not very good, in my opinion. Um, the the, f the first three are, are really, really worth watching and are really solid films. The second film, um, Die Hard 2, um, which I think that script was actually supposed to be another film, wasn't it? It was Die I Hard know 2. I, yeah, I thought Die Hard 2 was supposed to be like... Doesn't surprise you know, me. Yeah, I'd have to look it up, but that, that was filmed in Dull or at Dulles Airport mm -hmm. in Washington D.C., where where my wife and I spent a lot of time. Uh, and then the third one was is is Sam Jackson and uh, Jer Jeremy Irons. Um, but 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 this first movie is you know th this is this is really the first in my mind everyman film, right? It's 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 not an it's not Stallone, it's not Schwarzenegger, it's it's a, just kind of a regular guy who as he walks across glass gets cut, right? I mean, he's, he's not wearing shoes. He cuts his, cuts his feet. It's, uh, it's, it's Carl, it's Urkel's dad, right? Is down, you know, <laughs> right? I mean, it's just, it, it's just an every guy film, right? And, and to your point, it's got one of the greatest villains in the history of movies, Hans Gruber. Um, I mean, God, he's just, he's so, so good. Um, you know, the, the one thing that is kind of a running joke at this time, um, you know, whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Um, I tend to think I, I'm in the camp of I think it is a Christmas movie. Um, but, you know, part of that is just me kind of being a troll and whatever. The, the bottom line is it's a great fucking action movie, whether it's a Christmas movie or a summer movie, it doesn't matter. It's an awesome, awesome movie. Well worth checking out. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so good. And even though Hans Gruber is not a really well thought out character, I think the fact that we all know him by name, like, right. I mean, think of all the 80s action movies, right? And think of all the bad guys in those movies. Like, do you remember any of their names? Like, no, no it but doesn't you know matter. Yeah. yeah, Alan Rickman played that so well and, and uh, did such an amazing job with it that Everybody remembers that. And it, it's Hans. not because they flushed out his character. It's because no. he just, he, he brought everything that there was to bring to that. Um, so Hans, yeah. I, bo booby, I'm your white knight. <laughs> <laughs> so quotable, so many movies or so many, so many good quotes from that movie, I should say. Um, it's, it's fantastic. All right. Uh, so now we're on, no, we're not, we're not doing uh, 
honorable nope. mentions tonight. We're going to do rapid fire. Do you want me to go or do you want to go first? I don't I'm going to start. I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to start with this. And we already did one. And I already know what your answer is going to be to another because you already tipped your hat just a second ago. But uh, more iconic tagline. I'll be back or yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. All right. Better badass Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor or Sigourney Weaver as Ripley. Oh, wow. Um, I have to, I have to go with Linda Hamilton just just based on on T2. Um, it, it, Ripley is an amazing, uh, probably has a better body of work overall, but as a single film, I'll go with Linda Hamilton. Okay. All right. Um, this one's this one may be the quintessential question. Uh, Arnold or Sly? Arnold. Arnold. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this is the one you've already tipped your hat to. Die Hard, Ho 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 or Ho Ho No as a Christmas movie? Ho Ho Ho. Yeah. yeah. I, I go Ho Ho No. I'm, <laughs> I'm vehemently in the other camp. Um, yeah. I'm very much, this is not a Christmas movie, but also this is, this is still a great movie, obviously. And then the last one is, is sort of, um, it's an interesting sort of continuation of this story. The Expendables, is it worth the wait or uh, why bother? You're, you're going to bust my balls. I've never seen The Expendables all the way through. I'm not going to bust your balls. I've, I've only seen the first one. Yeah. There's three of them. And uh, I, I think they, uh, personally, I think they waited too long to do that, yeah. that kind of movie. Uh, but I mean, they literally got every single action star you could possibly think of from yeah. the 80s. And, yeah, so uh, so I, guess, I guess by default, I'd have to see the, the, the latter, right? Just because it just wasn't on my radar. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting that they waited that long to get Stallone and unless I'm missing something obvious, but that's the first time I think Stallone and uh, uh, Schwarzenegger uh, ended up in the same movie. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. It's kind of like, kind of like heat with Pacino and, and De Niro. Yeah, very yeah. much so. I mean, for yeah. us in eighties action movies, I mean, it was either Stallone or Schwarzenegger, or mm-hmm. in most cases it was just, you know, you're enjoying both of them, but there was sort of a, a rivalry, you know, an understood right. rivalry between them, which, uh, you know, should have been settled long before they finally made that movie. But right. those are my All rapid right. fires. All right. So here's, here's five rapid fires for you, sir. Um, right. n- number one, Schwarzenegger or Stallone? Uh, Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Schwarzenegger. Okay. Number two, war movies, sci-fi or Westerns? Sci-fi. Hardcore sci-fi. for me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number three, jump off a building or blow up a building? <laughs> um, I'd probably rather blow it up from far away. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, number four, go on a quest for an item or save the girl? Oh, I mean, I'm saving the girl every save time. Girl? Okay. Yeah. All right. And number five, secret agent super spy or every man? Oh, geez. Um, that's a good one. I think. Uh, I think James, James Bond, Bond or James McLean or John McLean, right? I, I think James Bond makes a better movie. I think I. I think I relate better with John McLean, but okay. ultimately, I'm more interested in fantasizing about being the super spy. So those movies are probably more interesting. Okay. To me. All right. Yeah. All right. Very cool. I I do find it interesting that. Um, more for me probably than you that I didn't put a James Bond movie on here just because I, I thought about movie. that. That yeah. was one of my predictions and I'm really surprised that that didn't end up yeah. there. If, if I would have put one on here, it would have been probably either Thunderball or Goldeneye 
believe okay. it or not. But yeah, um, but, uh, yeah but you know, uh, hey, there's just there's just too, you know I, I, the other thing I was kind of surprised about like you know th- there was no we didn't neither of us had a Schwarzenegger movie or a Stallone movie right so there's no Rambo no Commando no Holy True Lies none of yeah. that well I had Terminator okay Terminator it's yeah. you're right I'm sorry but but aside from that yeah like it was uh, RoboCop Matrix Kill Bill and Die yeah. Hard so right. they were. They weren't sort of the, uh, the the standard traditional action. But one of the ones that I did want to mention, and I'll just throw this out as my unofficial honorable mention, The Last Action Hero is an interesting movie, not because it's a good action movie, but because it's very uh, meta as it relates to sure. action movies. Yeah. Before meta was a term that anybody knew or used. Um, I, I thought that was really interesting because they sort of, it was very satirical and it was sort of slapsticky in the way that they made fun of action movies which was a bold thing to do for someone like Schwarzenegger. Um, I, I didn't like it at the time, but I think I appreciate it a lot more now for, for what it does and, and uh, some of the tropes that it, uh, it, it teases. So yeah, that was yeah. another one I kind of wanted to yeah, talk and about. And I there. guess the, the other thing that kind of surprised me is Chuck Norris didn't show up on our, on our list anywhere. No, you know? I, I, it doesn't surprise me personally. Cause I'm, yeah. I'm trying to think like, I know Chuck Norris. Obviously, right. everybody does, but I can't think of a lot of movies that I've seen him in. Yeah, like, he's you know, he, yeah, he's he's a guy all the way you through, know, you know. Yeah, he you know he's you know Delta Force and Missing in Action and like yeah. those kind of. But but I guess to your point, those are not great movies, right? They're they're well, they may be, but I've never seen them to be honest. Yeah. He was yeah. sort of like the B grade action star back yeah. in the eighties. Like yeah. he he wasn't Schwarzenegger. He wasn't. Uh, you know what he is. Alone. He, you will you'll get this reference he's the shannon tweed of action movies right you know what i mean like he's yeah yeah it's it's he's he's jeff speakman he's michael dudikoff he's like all these action stars that you know legitimately had some good flicks but nobody saw him because Dudikoff is a good call (laughs) there was there was just too many really good i mean schwarzenegger and and stallone dominated the action market in the 80s i mean that's it. I mean, if you weren't one of the two of them, then you, your movie probably wasn't getting seen. A whole and lot. you know what? We, we didn't mention Van Damme once, which is a little bit surprising, too. We didn't even mention it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't I don't regret that. I, I, no. if I'm looking back <laughs> at it like yeah. Bloodsport was good, but yeah. none of his other movies, in my opinion. I don't know. Time Cop was really good, but I think I felt self-conscious about putting another sci-fi movie in my no, list. That's good. Yeah, I, I yeah, I liked I, I liked I enjoyed Kickboxer. And what was the one? Um Double Impact was one. You know, it, there was one that he played a well, one that he played a cop with with um what's the chick from uh Weird Science? Um uh oh shit. Ellie LeBrock? Yeah. Or are oh, you thinking Mia Mia Sarah from Paris Bueller? Oh no, no. Yeah, no, I'm thinking Kelly time LeBrock. Cop. No, T- Kelly LeBrock for sure. It was um uh I can't remember what it was, but yours I think you're thinking of, of Steven Seagal, which is another one we didn't mention because he was in You're Hardy right, Hill I Hill was. Hill. I'm sorry. I was I think thinking he was Seagal. actually married to her at one point. Yes, right? I was thinking of Seagal. You're right. Okay. Well, yeah. another one that didn't end up on our list, but I mean, as movies go, like the martial arts were good, but the movies weren't as not great. <laughs> yeah, not great. Well, but, hey, you know, and I guess I guess the good news out of all that is we we just uh, came up with three or four more uh, podcast topics that we can talk about in the future, at least. <laughs> so, all right. Well, hey, uh, this has been amazing as always. Um, my name is Chewy, and I've been joined by my brother Pip. And this has been our all-time favorite action movies.
Thank you very much, sir. It was a, it was a pleasure as always. As always. Thank you. Have a good night, everyone. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Later.